The following audio is from Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to love God, love others, and make disciples. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, everybody, uh, we're here for another week of our podcast. We thank you for tuning in and listening. Those of you watching on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we had another great Sunday. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, hearing Cameron lead worship and, and yeah. hearing you preach, uh, just changing things up a little bit. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed changing stuff up every now and then, just kind of see how things, you know, get people a little uncomfortable with, with things, how things go. Change is good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just finished a series, and so sometimes uh, as we go along in the future, we're preaching a series, we'll uh, wrap that up and then give uh, you and Cameron some opportunities to preach and flip-flop around and just kind of play little uh, musical chairs there. <laughs> I like it, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, again, I thought the, the sermon was great, so I thought it was a really good um, kind of book into the series that we had just finished, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of a one last little push and challenge to be devoted to that mission that we've been talking about for six weeks. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, God knows what he's doing because Mm. we have been studying in John in our growth group. Mm. And, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I didn't know even what I was going to preach on. I knew I had to preach this Sunday, but then we, I was studying for Sunday school and I thought, man, this would be an awesome sermon Mm. because of what we've been learning. And so, you know, I told my Sunday school class, like, you're just going to have to hear it twice. Yeah. You know, because we basically studied that a couple of weeks ago in Sunday school. But I I thought it was so good compared, like, because of what we've been learning, that here's the mission, you know, and here's the ultimate example is Jesus, you know, and he's he's the reason we should be doing what we do. Yeah, I I find it super interesting in that text that you know his best friend dies which you know he he knows that ultimately what his plan is there but still like for him to just be like well we're going to focus on the mission right now and that'll take care of itself later but right now what matters is we're going to go we're going to we're going to go fulfill this mission yeah i mean you can rightly assume that the holy spirit had already revealed to him that lazarus was going to be raised from the dead and and everything but i i genuinely think by reading those first 10 verses is that he had to, he had to use that opportunity to teach his disciples what was the most important thing. Mm. And that was the mission. Yeah. And, and you know, it, that's what it's all about reading the gospels is what is Jesus doing intentionally to show his disciples what really matters. Mm. And, and that part, they got it at the end. I think Thomas did anyways, but mm. you know, that that's really neat to see that, yeah. that, that, you know, anybody would expect something different from Jesus at that moment, and he didn't do that. Right, right. All right, well, so um, we'll do like we normally do. Roles are reversed a little bit. Yeah. I'll interview you. Uh, right. But I got, you had two points. We'll go kind of like we normally do and answer uh, ask some questions based off those points. So your first point was uh, God's glory, however it comes, should be our first priority. And uh, I think that's a really important truth. But I also think, you know, as you were preaching and I was listening to that, the first kind of thought that came to my mind is that that message is very different uh, from what a lot of modern churches are teaching. Even, you know, big, huge mega churches and, mm-hmm. and even churches in our area are teaching a very different truth uh, or a very different message than that. Uh, and so, one, let me ask you, why is this such an important truth? Why, why, why do you think this is such an important thing um, to really hammer on? Well, I guess to approach it from a sideways, like um, I think we, some churches, big churches, all that, they assume they're doing the glory of God, mm. right? 
but the message has kind of been convoluted with our glory. Mm. And so it's an important truth is because that's what God's all about. God right. is all about his glory all the time. Mm. Since the beginning of the world, he created the universe and it was good for his glory. It glorified God, right? Romans 1 tells us that, that you look out in the heavens and the heavens glorify God, right? The, mm. Everything God created uh, returns glory to him. He created us to for his glory. He mm. he offers us salvation for his glory. And so with that being said, that's the most important thing to God is his glory. And if it's important to God, it should be ultimately important to us. Yes. And everything we do should reflect God's glory. Now, interpreting that is not always easy, mm. right? And that's why I think some churches have gotten in trouble and people have gotten in trouble saying, God is glorified by me doing X, Y, Z. And that's, and, and I think we can look through scripture, you know, scripture provides us with a lot of filters. Yeah. Right. When you say, I think God such and such, well, then you can go all throughout scripture. And if that doesn't match up the character of God, well, then you're wrong. Right. And, and that's the truth of it. And so when we look at some of the examples, just like Jesus in this text, that it, uh, that he he had to go about the mission rather than going to his um, his friend is because God was going to receive glory out of that. Mm. Not only that, but he was going to receive glory out of him raising Lazarus from the dead. It didn't benefit Lazarus at all. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It didn't because he had to die again. Right. And so uh, and, and his sisters had to go through the pain of losing their brother twice. Right. Jesus had to lose his best friend twice or whatever, you know. And so I think. um we don't always understand God's glory, but the but but we should try to live our lives interpreting God's glory and then doing and biblically we can do that. Yes. Right? Biblically we can look at what God wants right. and glorify him through that. Yeah, and you you told the story about the family who lost their kid and you know, that's that's such a powerful story uh, of someone um you know, kind of getting that in the midst of such a Mm. traumatic unbelievable experience um you know god's glory is it's one of those things that like you said it's it, sometimes it's hard to understand and and sometimes we may never understand it yeah right you may you may die and 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 not know why something happened the way it happened in your life uh, but but that's part of that faith thing of is trusting that his way is the best way and that and that you know trusting that whatever you know, whatever happens, it, it's for his glory. Yeah. I mean, the truth of that is important because, you know, what God wants is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, and you're right. We're, we're not always going to understand it. And that's a part of being a human and being on this side mm -hmm. of, you know, heaven, but, but we should be willing always to accept God's glory. Yes. Even if we don't understand it. Right. Yeah. I, I might look at a situation and see just like that family we talked about and, and sure, God was glorified. It didn't mean they had to accept it that way, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and yet them accepting God's glory for that then glorifies God even more because then change comes about that. Mm. Yeah. So why do you think so many people are teaching the opposite of this? Like churches? Yeah. Churches, pastors. Yeah. Like I said a minute ago, I think we're misinterpreting God's glory, right? We are saying, you know, if, you know, if, if I, if I like, for instance, we pound a lot on the health and wealth gospel, right? Mm. You know, if I make a lot of money, 
then people will see that I'm a Christian and God blesses me and that glorifies him. And then they become a Christian. But you know, that message doesn't work everywhere. Right. You know, go be a Christian in Nigeria, you know, right. or the Sudan or wherever where you're not going to be rich you right. Know? Right. and you're not going to be wealthy and healthy and everything else, but you will have contentment and the joy of the Lord in your situation. Yeah. And I think we have replaced God's glory with our glory. Mm. We want to be glorified. We want, you know, everything to be about us all the time. And so when, whenever people come into your church, you, this is hard to hear. You know what I mean? I mean, his own disciples said that, right? At times Jesus would say something and they're like, this is too hard. This message is too, when he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my mm. blood. They're like, like, what are you talking huh? about? <laughs> like, nah, you know, and they all turn away and they mm-hmm. go and they said these words. It is too hard to hear this. Who can, who can agree with this? It's too hard. And what churches have done, in my opinion, is we've taken that aspect out of it. Mm. We don't want the hard pill to swallow. We want yeah. the easy stuff to swallow. We want to be handing out chocolate milk and candy bars rather than vegetables mm. kind of thing. And so when you start talking about, hey, maybe somebody, somebody's death will bring glory to God, well, nobody wants to accept that. Nobody, mm. It's not easy to accept. And so because we've pretty much watered down, we've you know sweetened it up, so to speak, to where now the gospel is all about you. Mm. Oh, you know, God wants you to be satisfied. God wants you to be happy no matter what, whatever lifestyle you live. God wants you to. And and so your glory becomes more important than God's glory. Mm. And and that and that can't happen. Right. Mm. You can't serve two masters, Jesus would say. Right. And so um, I think that's that's one of the things, you know, um, you were saying earlier, we're talking on the bottom line. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, You know. Right now, it's all about numbers and money and all this stuff. We've, I mean, we we have staff meeting and we talk about that stuff, right? Yeah. About the numbers and about the offering and stuff does have to come in and 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 when you lose focus on the mission, that can become the mission. Mm. And so, if I'm preaching something and people are not liking it, and I I adjust course and people start coming and giving and everything else. And I'm going to give them what they need to hear to then keep facilitating that. And that's why you have stadiums full of 30, 40,000 people on a weekend. You know, yeah. you go listen to Joel Osteen and that stuff is horrible, Yeah, but it's what people want to hear and the, he's packed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And I, you know, I shared my heart from the pulpit a while back that, you know, that's, that's a fear that, mm-hmm. that you know, that there's this temptation as, as the leader to, to get focused on the wrong thing. And yeah. that's why accountability is so important to have someone that's willing to tell you the truth because mm-hmm. the truth is the truth. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that's why this is such an important truth because it is the truth and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help us to sugarcoat it. I mean, it makes no sense to me to even go that direction. When you look at the life of the apostles, like they did not live a me centric gospel. No, right. They, they didn't. They, they gave everything. Look at Paul's life. He could have had anything he wanted if he would have kept pursuing, you know, his his pharisaical life. Absolutely. And and he had to give that up because Christ called him to the true gospel. And then his life looked radically different, a life of sacrifice and a life of surrender. Yeah. Uh, which kind of leads us to the next point that you made, which was devotion to the mission requires sacrifice. Mm. Um, and so uh, sacrifice can be a relative word. Right. 
sacrifice to me can mean something different than it means to you or it can mean something different to people who are listening and watching. Um, So in your mind, what does sacrifice look like for the church in 2021? What does that look like? I guess let me caveat that with sacrifice can be relative, right? But but when when you look at the Bible, sacrifice is not relative. Yeah. Right? There's only one sacrifice, and that's the giving of self for Jesus Holy. Christ. Holy. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. All of all in. Jesus said if if you're not with me, you're against me. Yeah. You can't be ninety five percent in. All this stuff it, it's all there in the Bible. And so um I would say what sacrifice looks like for the church in twenty twenty one is time and resources. Mm. Right. Where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my resources? And that's where sacrifice comes in. Mm. Because, you know, we do sacrifice time and resources to do other things, right? Um, if it's not for the mission or for the glory of God, it's for something else. Right. So in other words, if I, if I got a kid in travel ball and we're going every weekend and doing and this and that, and, and I'm spending a lot of money and I'm spending a lot of time and sacrifice to, to get that whatever end result I want there. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this Facebook video. It's kind of an emotional video. This baseball player, Cody Bellinger. I don't know if you've heard of him. Bellinger. That name sounds familiar. He's really good. I think he plays for the Dodgers Mm. and, uh, he, uh, he paid off his parents like mortgage and all Mm. their, you know, credit cards and everything. And they'd like videotaped it Mm. or whatever videotape. Like that's, yeah, it's not the nineties anymore. They recorded on their, (laughs) on their cell phone. They recorded it on (laughs) device digitally. Yeah. (laughs) You can do that these days. They rolled the tape. Yeah. (laughs) They videotape recorded it. No, they, um, so they videoed it and, uh, and you know, the real emotional deal. And in that he's, he wrote them a letter and he's watching them read the letter and he's saying, thank you for the sacrifice of your weekend for the sacrifice Mm. of your money and all that. And, you know, his parents were not rich, and yet they sacrificed their time and their resources to get that kid the most exposure they possibly could to get him to ultimately to the MLB. Now, I hate this statistic because my son plays baseball, and, and I think he's pretty good. But, you know, there there's some people who would be like, yeah, but, like, there's literally like a one in three million chance that your kid is actually going to make it to the MLB, which is very true. Mm. The flip side of that doesn't mean you shouldn't try, right? If you're good, but but the point being there is that you know, whatever two point nine other million people are sacrificing time and effort for something that will ultimately end up without the result they want. Mm. And so, sacrifice for the church should be: I'm sacrificing my time and my resource to then uh, make sure the mission is completed. And and yeah. and you know, in the sermon. I think Sunday, you know, I think I, I couldn't have said it anymore that we've we got all the information. The last seven weeks, the information's there. We know yeah. what the mission is. We know why the mission. We know where the mission. We know all the stuff about the mission. And and what what are we willing to sacrifice to make that mission happen? Yeah. Are we willing to sacrifice time on the weekends? Are we willing to sacrifice time with, you know, family or whatever? And uh, and I think that that's that's what sacrifice looks like. Time and resources. And the le- the less you sacrifice, the less the mission uh, can be accomplished. The more you sacrifice, the more effective the mission can be accomplished kind of thing. Mm. So what do you say to the person that, you know, <coughs> attends and their kid is involved in stuff and they're 
they're expending a bunch of their lives on either that or something else. You know, they get dance and all. There's all kinds of yeah, stuff. Fishing, people, yeah, hunting, fishing, you hunting, name it. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and in their mind, they're trying to say, well, where where's the balance? Where's the balance in this? Because I do live in this world. I do have to work. I do have to, you know, I do have to raise my kids and try to give my family, you know, some kind of life. And mm-hmm. so, so where's the balance? And yes, I do want to do what God wants me to do. But also, I have to live in this world that we live in. Where's the balance? I would say there is no balance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's no balance. Yeah. You know, uh, the balance Jesus wants you to have is that beam of the cross on your back as you're walking towards mm. the cross, right? Because in Luke, chap- uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher that. In Luke, right, he, he, uh, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. He says daily pick up your cross. Mm. And that was a torturous death tool that the Romans used that they all would be familiar with. So in other words, Jesus is saying you lay down your life, any resemblance of your life, to then pursue the life that I want to give you, mm. right? And and that life is all about Jesus 100% of the time, always. You know, um, you eat, sleep, drink Jesus Christ and his mission that's the balance. Mm. Now, I'm not going to say that you can't, you know, experience life with your family through the mission because you ultimately you absolutely can. Right. But ultimately, if you're living on mission for Jesus Christ, that's like you always say it, that's the that's the abundant life. Right. That's the real dream there, not the American dream. The American dream is selfish. The American dream is you glorifying yourself. Mm. Right. Jesus's life dream. Right. The Jesus dream is following after him and the mission and then watching your family buy into the mission. Mm. How beautiful is it for someone to raise their family devoted to the mission and then to watch their kids raise their grandkids devoted to the mission? Mm. That's what I would rather have. Yeah. Forget having my son in the MLB, although that's his dream. He wants to make it to the MLB. But I'd rather him, you know, pursue a life of ministry or pursue, you know, a life that that shows and not that there can't be Christian MLB players who really love God and are about the mission. Maybe, you know, there there could be out there. But but, you know, that's what that's what my dream is. Yeah. Is that my kids would see us forsaking all the other stuff to then ultimately lead them to the path that God would rather have them on. You know. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, I think that's the big thing for people is is flipping that switch in their brain to help them realize what is life and yeah. and and how does this whole faith thing work with my life and it, I think a lot of people are trying this approach where they're like I'm gonna live the life like everybody else where I'm gonna go to work I'm gonna have my kids and all the different things and I'm gonna mm-hmm. do all the stuff and then I'm going to do the faith thing because I want to add God to my life. But that's not how that works. You don't no. add God to your life. God is your life, right. right? If you if you truly have a relationship with Him, then it's not that He's an aspect of your life. It, it it's that He is your life because it's like we've been talking about that. That is the abundant life. He offers the abundant life. The world stuff that's not the abundant life. Yeah. And people but people want to hold on to both, right? They, yeah. they want they want to have both. They want they want all the stuff that that everybody else has because for some reason. There's this there's this lure from Satan to make you think that that is what life is, and it's yeah. it's this 
fake imitation thing that only just stresses you out and you know draws energy and distracts you away from the mission that God's called us to 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 be focused on. Um, but but it's such a a huge battle yeah. for 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 Christians in in 2021 to not get distracted because man the world has a lot of shiny stuff yeah and and we have to be diligent to uh, to not pursue those things but to to have the right view of life that, that this life is not about this life this life is about the next one absolutely eternity how right? do we build the kingdom yeah how do we build the kingdom because like you said in the sermon it, when we die that's when we get our reward we're yes. not getting the reward now when we die that's when we get the reward we we labor while we're mm-hmm. alive and and then when we die we spend eternity with Jesus reaping that reward of being you know in, in heaven with him so kind of leads to the next question I have how can we help the average Christian understand this concept how can we how can we help people get it yeah I think accountability and discipleship is key right yeah. there you know um, if all they do is come on a Sunday morning and hear some sermon that's not enough mm. you know because there's no accountability there right um, there, there's this kind of running joke between me and uh, a guy who comes to our church how I've kept him accountable you know he's a big hunter and mm-hmm. uh, he for a couple of years, you know, like he would disappear during hunting season. He mm. he knows who he is. He, and we're going to laugh about it later because we're really close. But, you know, I think when he really started getting it, you know, and his life started to change for Jesus and he started getting the mission, he just doesn't hunt as much anymore. And he still has a lease and everything, but he just didn't, is not able to get out there because he's here on Sundays. Mm. And, uh, and, and he knows that if I don't see him on a Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to be on him. Twelve oh one. I'm gonna be texting. I'm like, hey, where were you? You know, like I don't understand. Where were you at? Right. And so, actually, because of that, he just told me the other day that they were gonna be gone for their anniversary. And like, but he's making sure to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> in two weeks, he can tell you now, so yeah. you don't start texting. Calling. He doesn't get paid to be here or anything right, like right, that. Right. You know? But in two weeks, he says, I'm not. I'm not gonna be here. He doesn't even have like a job on Sunday mornings. Right. As far as the ministry is concerned, he does other stuff, but they just not on Sunday mornings all the time. Right. And so, <laughs> so he's like, just to let you know, you know, like don't bark up my tree. We're going over here. And I think that that is the case, right. Mm. For me to be able to, and, and I have to live my life that way too. Yes. Right. Um, if, if I'm not living my life totally sold out and devoted for Jesus Christ, the person looking up to me is not going to live their life sold right. out and devoted right. to Jesus Christ. You know, um, we have this, and like I said, discipleship, you know, when, when we teach people the things about God, we should be teaching them what that devotion looks like and what sacrifice looks like. Mm. I had this uh, discipleship group that I did a while back. I mean, it's been a long time ago now. And uh, and we were talking about sacrifice and stuff like that. And one of the guys in the group was saying how um, how he sees, you know, Sunday morning was was sacrifice. But he he was he didn't say that, but he was talking about Sunday morning like it was sacrifice. I remember telling him, like, wait, like, Sunday morning is not a sacrifice. And he said, it's not? I said, no, it's your day off. You know, right. you literally come here for two hours and <laughs> then you go home. That's not a sacrifice. Uh, you know, it's convenient for you to be here. Yes. And 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 it was it was really interesting to, it was like a couple years ago, it was really interesting to see his point of view after that mm. to where he did start sacrificing genuinely. And the results that came from that were awesome. Mm. You know, he was sharing his faith with people and people showed up to church because of him and all that stuff. 
And right. and so when when we actually do sacrifice, then we we see the things that we really want to see. Yeah. You know, we see fruit. <laughs> we see fruit. Yeah. yeah. I would I would argue that most Christians, if not all of them who we talk to want to see revival. Right. Yeah. We, we want to see people change and we want to see people saved and all that. But that requires sacrifice of ourselves, mm. of that life that you were just talking about. Right. The the doing and the going and the having that requires sacrifice of all that stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, you're saying there's no accountability with attending. That's a huge thing. It reminds me of the, the Bible study we did in our small group Sunday where we were talking about the good Samaritan where the expert in the law comes up and, uh, you know, he's this nominal mm-hmm. believer in God, but obviously not surrendered to Christ. But, um, immediately he's trying to justify himself in his, his lack of love for others, right? Because he yeah. says, who, who, trying to, it says, trying to justify himself, he asked, who, who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, if, if all you're doing is, you know, having this nominal relationship with, with God, then, you know, just attending services, then it's very easy to justify yourself when you're in your own mind and there's nobody else to spur you. It's very easy to justify your own actions. But if you have yeah. people in your life that love you enough to say, hey, where were you at? Or why are you not doing this? Or where, what, what's going on here? Um, then that that's what spurs us to, to growth. And, and growth is not easy. It's not comfortable. No. It's a hard process. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, but, but it's an important thing that, that we, you know, if we get it, we're going to have to be open to that, to people, you know, speaking into our life and, and not just the the easy stuff but the hard stuff sometimes too and saying hey I love you and this is why I'm saying this to you um, I, we, we, we need that accountability yeah absolutely and and you know I hate I hate to say it this way and let me clarify it after I say it like you being here every time the doors are, are open that's not enough mm. <laughs> yeah right um, because Christianity does not exist here in this building at this church Right. And I kind of talked about it on Sunday morning, like when we clarified what is church, right? Like church as it, it as it's defined in the Bible is a, you know, Christ centered community fulfilling the mission that Jesus Christ has placed before us. And what that looks like is outside of the doors of this church, mm. you know? And I think there's been this rub, right? That, that, that I, I guess for me, there's been this rub because I've been talking about this for a long time and, and I had, kind of been met with some opposition before of like you, you're you're telling people that they don't need to come to church no i'm not mm-hmm. telling people that you know yeah yeah please yes come to church you know we want you to be here so that way we can learn and equip you and everything else but the idea is you got to use all that stuff somewhere yeah and, and you're not going to use it here this is where you're getting equipped you know right somebody told me the other day it's just like you know you go to college to get that degree and you're working you're working you're working you're getting all the information that's what you do coming coming here on sir at services you're getting all the information but then at some point when you graduate you've got to put that degree to use right right and and in the sense of how we understand it you you get a job and that makes you money and you work at it that's how it works you get equipped with the mission and then you go out and you fulfill the mission by using all these tools that you've learned and services to then fulfill the mission and to do the work of the ministry outside of these walls. Yes. And, and that, and that requires time away from 
your family time away from, you know, all these other things that you claim that you we see as important, Mm. you know, whether that's travel baseball, whether that's hunting, whether that's vacationing with our families or whatever, you know, all that stuff needs to come. Like I said, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth to the mission. Right. And the problem is, is that we don't we don't want to do that. Mm. You know, we we, want to have our cake and eat it, too, kind of deal while we're here on this earth. And the sad part about that is that Jesus kind of explained to us what's going to happen with those kind of people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying the first will be last and the last will be first. Right. So you, you want to have your life here on this earth and spend it glorifying yourselves and everything else. Then you will have your just reward for that mm. because that's not Christianity. Right. 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 Well, yeah. It's, it's attending a, a, a service, like you said, coming to every thing that we offer, you know, every time the doors are open is not, is not what we've been called to do. Yeah. At all. We I mean, want you to do that. <laughs> yeah. You should come and, yeah. and, 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 Really, the purpose in what we do is not even, I mean, some of it is absolutely education, but that's not even the primary part of it. The primary part of church and coming here is community. Yeah. Because, I've said it before, you can, uh, there are better preachers than both of us that you can go listen to online. I listen to them in my (laughs) free time because they're so good. Um, And and so, you know, you live in Southeast Texas. How many times have I heard someone tell me, well, I find God in the deer stand, you know? And, and so if I'm talking to that person, if if all it is is hearing someone teach the Bible, then how can I tell them that there's a, that church is important? If yeah. That's all it is. Because they're right. You can find God in a deer stand, and you, sure. can, you can listen to the best preaching in a deer stand. You can listen to some really awesome worship in a deer stand. Mm-hmm. But what makes us different is that we're living in community so that we can, like you said, we can go out. It's a tool so that we can go out together. Mm-hmm. And, and accomplish this mission as uh, a body working towards this common goal. And, and that's what makes this so different. So, yeah, we come, uh, but not so that we can just come and consume, but yeah. so that we can uh, live in community so that we can be empowered to go out and, and live outside these walls and, and profess Christ to our neighbors and you know go out and, and talk to people at the baseball games and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and that's what this life is all about. And, it, Absolutely. and if it's not that, then I think you're, I think you're missing it. It's funny that you say that. Cause that's actually how I met that family that I was talking about on Sunday at the baseball game. Right. Mm. Our sons played baseball together. And uh, I remember telling Melissa that, you know, this was a great mission field for us. Like there's families out here. We need to find a family and try to witness to them and build relationships. And so, you know, lo and behold, there's this family and we start kind of talking at the game and then we go out to eat and stuff. And, and I'm like, yes, you know, this is the family. And then at some point they're like, hey, do you go to church? And I was like, yes, I go to fellowship. And it turns out they go to another church mm-hmm. in town. And I was like kind of sad, like, oh, man, you know. Yeah. But uh, we tried to evangelize each other, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but what a great opportunity, right, to, yeah. to use what we're already doing and sacrifice maybe watching my son play for, for you know, getting to know a family. And mm-hmm. thank God that I got to know them. You know, I'm, I don't regret that. Yeah. But, you know, talking about what you talked about earlier as sacrifice, like we we see church or sorry, we our Christianity today is different than it was in the first century. Mm. Right. And so 
the reason we try to balance and we try to do this and do that is because we know a false sense of what Christianity actually is. Mm. There's this new term going around, like American Christianity. I think it's more like Western Christianity because it's gone from like Europe to, you know, Canada to here. Kind of that's the movement it's made its way. So it's kind of like a Western Christianity. But it, it has for centuries come around to, you know, not so much being a sacrifice for yourself, but being more of a belief that you believe in. And that's where we are. Mm. You know, if you were to take first century Christianity, no matter where it is, because, you know, people get stuck on the cultural stuff. Forget all that. You take Christianity as it's defined in the first century and you bring it and you look at Christianity. Now, they're two totally different things. Mm. And there is no different Christianity. Right. Christianity is the same always because of the message, because of the gospel, because of the mission. Mm. And so the fact that it looks different is is not good. Mm. That is not a good thing. Yeah. All these people who were coming and who were who were being surrendering their life to Jesus Christ. We saw it in Acts chapter two. Right. They had all things in common and they were, you know, at each other's uh, houses all the time. And they were meeting daily, meeting daily, selling their possessions. I mean, they're just doing whatever they had to do to fulfill the mission. Right. And then they started dying. Mm. Right. You know, first, second, third century, they were being killed off like crazy. Mm. You know, they, you know, they, they were, they had laws out there that you couldn't be a Christian. And if you were caught being a Christian, you would then die. Mm. And, uh, and there were some people who denied, right. They would come and they would deny when, when they would ask, Hey, are you a Christian? They'd say no. But then, you know, when you read through church history, you see that some people felt convicted about that mm. and then went to the people who had said that and said, you know what, I, I actually am a Christian and died. Yeah. That's not today. Right. And and the fact that, you know, maybe it's because we don't have all that, we don't get the seriousness of it. But I, like I said, you know, Sunday, it's coming. It's already happening around the world. You know, if you're a Christian in Iran, you can get killed. Mm. If you're a Christian in China, you can absolutely get killed. And it's flourishing, you know. And so we don't understand Christianity as it's defined here in America, and that's and that's a problem. Mm. And I think more pulpits need to be preaching it that way, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just want to kind of finish off with this. You kind of at the end talked about this law that they're working on. Um, the Equality Act. The Equality Act, yeah. yeah. And, and how you know everybody's just kind of freaking out about it and terrified about losing their religious rights and 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 that is a sad thing, we, you know, that we're losing ah, our sure. religious rights. But at the same time, I heard this really encouraging message uh, from a pastor I listened to. He was talking about about that and and about the appropriate response uh, from Christians. And basically, what he said was, <laughs> "We will endure. The church will endure." Yeah, absolutely. The the church has endured this before. You know, you got. Rome and all these people, you know, throughout history that have persecuted the church, yep. and, and and those big huge entities are gone now. Yeah, and yet here we stand today That's in twenty twenty one, and we'll be standing until Jesus comes back. Yeah, and so don't lose hope, don't lose courage. Yeah, there is some uh, some things that are happening in our world, and and will continue to happen. Uh, that that will you know, persecution will come, like you said. Yeah, uh, but at the end. Uh, we will endure. We will endure, and we're and and we know how this all turns out. 
it's we're, that's we, right we we win <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know absolutely and so there, there's victory in that and so don't don't let that kind of stuff steal your joy don't get wrapped up in that kind of stuff uh, know who you are in Christ know who Christ is and that ultimately he uh, wields governments at his you know at his at his will yeah you know, he, he does what he wants and um, there's not something for us to lose hope over or get discouraged by I think you know on that note you know we look at the message in John chapter 11 and the way I look at it right now in the United States of America, as we approach some of these days, let's go to Judea. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> as Jesus would say. Yeah. They're killing people over there. That's all right. That's all right. That's where it. the work is. That's where the work is. Let's yeah. go to Judea. And we know it's coming and we know it's going to happen. And we, you know, instead of fighting it to try to slow it down, let's go to Judea, even where the danger is and, and, and make sure God is glorified above all. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we thank you for listening each week. And those of you watching on Facebook, thank you for watching. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again this Sunday. I know we got spring break, so some people will be out. Our students will be gone. Uh, but we hope to see you this Sunday uh, worshiping with us. And you guys have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go. 